0: go ahead and grab a seat. My name's Chuck Marr. I am one of the pastors at Kingdom Life San Antonio that actually meets in this building, in New Life's building, on Sunday afternoons. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you guys. I've lost count of how many times I've had the honor to come share the Word of God here with you at New Life. I said to the life changers this morning, I'm no longer a guest. I'm family. And... uh, I'm at least your crazy uncle or something or something like that. Um, but it's just an honor to be with you guys. For those that don't know me and don't know uh, my story, um, I'll just share a little bit about my family. I'm married to Anna Mar. We have five and a half-year-old identical twin girls. We have an 18-month-old girl as well. So our twins are Autumn Hope, Charlie Joy. And uh, our 18-month-old is London Grace, so uh, I am very outnumbered in my house. So if you can just be praying for me, I am way outnumbered, and, uh, but it's just a joy and, um, uh, to be surrounded by such beautiful girls, and we're just so proud of them. So, well, hey, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Starting in verse 1, and while you're turning there, or while you're getting ready to look at it on the screen, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Dwayne and the whole team here. How many of you know that your pastor and your leaders are the real deal? Can we just thank Jesus for them? And so thank you so much, Pastor Dwayne, for having me and having me, uh, you know, share in the pulpit this morning. So 1 Samuel chapter 30, starting in verse 1, is just to lay a little bit of a context david and his mighty men david who is you know in line to be king over israel david and his mighty men who are at the time fighting on behalf of the philistines israel's enemies they're fighting with the philistines and the philistines because they know that david really has ties to israel got scared that him and his men were going to turn on them. So they sent them back to their camp and said, we can't have David and his men fight with us anymore. So they send them back to their camp. And while they're being sent back to their camp, they approach their camp called Ziklag. And they realized that their entire camp has been attacked by their enemies, burned with fire, and their women and children were taken captive. Everybody say bad day. And as if that wasn't bad enough, after this happens, David's own men, his mighty men, talk about stoning David because they start blaming him for the situation that they're in. Everybody say, bad day times two. So that's, I want to read that story, and I want to zero in on one verse in particular. But in 1 Samuel 3, verse 1, it says this. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse three, so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the widow of Nobel, the Carmelite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. Now listen to this. And if you have your Bibles in front of you, underline this. If you're taking notes, write this down. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Some translations say, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 7, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Everybody say recover all. Verse 9, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Bezor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 men stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bezor. Now let's skip down to verse 17. Then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode away on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all." I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about strengthening yourself in the Lord. I come from a church where we really believe in prophecy like your church. We believe that all of us can hear God's voice for the purpose of encouragement, edification, and comfort to the person that we're speaking to we believe that we can all hear God's voice and do what the Bible calls prophecy, and that's to encourage build up to strengthen. We can all do that, and we can all receive a prophetic word of encouragement from people. But how many of you know that if the only time that you are encouraged is if somebody gives you an encouraging word or prophesies over you, or even if the only time you're encouraged is when You come to church on a Sunday, hear an amazing message, Mr. Duane, every time you're encouraged, how many of you know that something is lacking? And I really believe that part of strengthening ourselves in the God, let me say this, I really believe that part of maturing in Christ is knowing how to strengthen ourselves or encourage ourselves in the Lord. See, it's one thing to be encouraged when somebody gives you a nice word. It's another thing to wake up Tuesday morning when your boss might be on your back or your kids might be a little bit jacked up or you might be facing a health challenge. How many of you know it's another thing to find strength on Tuesday morning when you're all by yourself and nobody else is encouraging you? And it says David, on probably the worst, if not one of the worst days of his life, found strength in the Lord his God. And I want to propose to you that there are few things more powerful in the earth than an encouraged church. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, a scared world needs a fearless church. And to be fearless means to be courageous. To be courageous Needs to be filled with courage or encouraged. But in order for the church to be encouraged, we need to know how to, as individuals, we need to know how to find strength and encouragement in God when nobody else is around and nobody else is there to help us get encouraged. Listen, I'm all about encouraging each other, but we also need to know how to strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves in God. And it says, David encouraged himself In the Lord his God. And then he goes on and he seeks the Lord through the through um he seeks the Lord through prayer and he said, Should I pursue the troops? And he says, Yes, pursue for you shall overtake them. How many of you know that before David got his assignment and direction, he found encouragement in God? You want to learn how to hear God's voice? Learn how to strengthen yourself in God. You want direction for the next step you're supposed to take in life, in your business, in your family, in your life. Know how to find strength or encourage yourself in God. And I really believe and prophesy and declare that even this morning, you're going to leave with fresh tools and keys and how to strengthen yourself in God. Be the devil's worst nightmare, and everywhere you go, advance the kingdom of God in the earth. So I want to talk about strengthening yourself in the Lord. Four keys, write these down. Four keys for strengthening yourself in God. The first key is this know how to take captive every thought that doesn't produce hope. How many of you know that when David's women and children were taken captive? he had to learn how to take his own thoughts captive. And we need to know how to take captive every thought that doesn't produce hope. Francis Frangipan, an author back in the 80s, in a book called The Three Battlegrounds said this. He said, every area in your life that doesn't glisten with hope Means that you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area in your life, whether it's your finances, your health, your relationships, your marriage, your children, the state of the nation, whatever it is, any area of your life that doesn't produce hope or any, yeah, any area in your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil. Your life, so if you have areas in your life where you feel discouraged or hopeless, you can bank on it somewhere along the way. You started believing a lie because Romans chapter 15, verse 13, says this May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've said this here before. I'm going to say it again. In order for us to be a people who are filled with hope, which, by the way, is simply a joyful, confident expectation that good is coming because we have a good God. If we want to be a people who are filled with hope or abounding in hope, we need to be a people who take captive every lie or every thought that doesn't produce hope. And start believing truth instead of the lie. We need to take them captive. You know, Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians, or sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, say take captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When you wake up in the morning, if you're, if you're thinking thoughts that are making you discouraged, making you feel hopeless, you need to go, no, 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 no. Those thoughts are illegal because they don't produce hope. I'm going to take them captive. I'm not going to meditate on them. I'm not going to entertain them. Because how many of you know that when you believe a lie, you empower a disempowered devil? He's been disempowered for 2,000 years through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we come into agreement with things that he's telling us, we actually give him access to our emotions and to the way that our life goes. But when, if, when those thoughts knock at the door, we refuse to entertain them, but we take them captive Again, whatever it's about, what any thought that doesn't produce hope, any thought that brings discouragement, take a captive and go, no, 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 no. That might be a fact, but it's not the highest truth. How many of you know that it might be a fact that you were diagnosed with a terminal illness, but a higher truth is that Jesus Christ is my healer, and by his stripes, I am healed. It might be a fact that you're in over your head financially. But a higher truth is Philippians 4. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Not all truth is created equal. (laughs) So we need to take captive the thoughts that don't produce hope. Replace it with truth and meditate on those things. Is this helping anybody? The second key that I want to share is this. First key is take, thought, take captive every thought that doesn't produce hope. The second key is this. Learn how to declare truth out loud over your situation. See, it's not enough to just believe truth. We need to know how to speak truth over ourselves, over our situation. Right? It says in Joel Chapter 3, verse 10, let the weak say, I am strong. It's not denying the facts. It's just declaring a greater truth. Does that make sense? So we need to know how to speak truth over ourselves. You know, ever go to a meeting and, like, the, the person speaking is maybe giving prophetic words. He's calling people out of the crowd and giving words of encouragement. And are you ever, like, in that meeting, you're like, man, how come I never get a word? You know, it's great, and I hope you get a word, but can I just encourage you? Sometimes you just need to give yourself a word. Sometimes you just need to get alone with God and start declaring truth over yourself. I don't know what it looked like exactly when David was strengthening himself in the Lord, but I can imagine their their women and children taken captive. His own men are talking about stoning him. He probably probably got alone with God, pacing in some field somewhere, and I think he was probably talking to himself. (laughs) He, he wasn't just thinking himself out of discouragement. He was speaking himself out of discouragement. And he said, David, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. You are a man of God. God's strength is inside of you. And he's speaking truth over himself. And, you know, sometimes the most profound prophetic word that you can give yourself, you're driving in the car, you're thinking about everything that's going wrong. One of the most discour- or most encouraging words you can give yourself is, is Chuck, Chuck, Whatever your name is, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You know, I've, I've given that word to people in my church that I'm pastoring. They're, they're facing something. And I'm like, listen, dude, all I know is you are going to make it. You are going to get through this. And they told me that is exactly what they needed to hear. They hung on to that word, and God got them through it. Well, sometimes you need to prophesy that over yourself. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You have faced even greater challenges in the past. This is going to be like one of those. And we need to know how to speak truth. It's going to be okay. Chuck, you're going to make it. Whatever your name is, you fill in the blank. I had a pastor years ago who uh, used to share how sometimes he needed to encourage himself. And do you remember like, do you remember when we had like landlines? Remember when we had phones in our house that weren't cell phones? (laughs) Like in the age of the dinosaur. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, hey, I remember them. Hey, I remember the dial phones. When I was a kid, I'd play with my my mom's rotary phone. It was awesome. You just and remember, like if you didn't dial it the whole way, if you only went part way, it wasn't the full number. So like it would be the wrong number. I remember those phones and then we had the landlines. But remember when almost everybody had an answering machine and you'd get home and you would play the recording. Well, my pastor, would share how sometimes when he was facing a situation or facing discouragement, he'd be at his church in his church office, and he knowing that nobody was home at his house, he would call his home phone and leave himself a message on his answering machine. <laughs> so he would call, it would pick up, and he'd be like, Hello, Pastor Steve. This is Pastor Steve calling. <laughs> I was thinking about you today. <laughs> And I've been praying for you, and I just want to encourage you. You're doing a great job. Your church loves you. You're a man of God. You're a great husband. You're a great dad. You're going to make it. Your most significant days are ahead of you. Breakthrough is right around the corner in Jesus' name. I just want to bless you with that, and uh, I'll see you later. And he would hang up. <laughs> and, and true story, he would go home, and he'd be like, oh, I have a message. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. <laughs> and he would play it, and he'd start to listen, and he'd be like, Yeah, yeah, I receive that. <laughs> I receive that. And he would, he would, he would literally encourage and strengthen himself in the Lord. Sometimes you need to know how to speak truth over yourself. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing By the word of God. You need to speak scripture over yourself. Speak promises over yourself. Remind yourself of the prophetic words that God has given you personally or you've received from somebody else and just begin to declare it out loud because there's something about speaking it out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's one way to be intentional about encouraging yourself and strengthening yourself in God. The third key that I want to share is this. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Psalm 37, verse 3, the writer said this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, listen to this, and feed on his faithfulness. Everybody say feed on his faithfulness. What does it mean to feed on God's faithfulness? It means to meditate on and remind ourselves of all the times that God was faithful in the past. It's the testimony. That's why testimonies are so important. That's why it's so important for us to regularly remind ourselves, read, hear testimonies of what God, is, what God has done and what he's currently doing. How many of you know there's power in the testimony? The Bible says we overcome, in Revelations, it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of our testimony. And I love sharing testimonies. That's why I love to share testimonies of things that God did either a year ago or last week because it builds faith and it encourages ourselves and it reminds us of God's faithfulness. You know, it's interesting that it says that as David and his men... We're going to pursue the troops and overtake them and take back what was stolen. It says they stopped at the brook Bezor. And if you look at the Hebrew root word or the Hebrew word for Bezor, it means glad news or good news. How many of you know that part of strengthening yourself in God is just stopping to drink in the good news? to feed on his faithfulness, to remind ourselves of things that God is doing. And, and I really believe, listen, one, one of the reasons that so many people are discouraged today is because they're paying more attention to what the news channel is saying than to what the word of God says and to what his prophets are saying to release hope in the earth. And we shouldn't deny what's going on in the world. But I want to ask you, what is it that you're feeding on? Are you feeding on all the negative? Listen, if the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is turn on news and feed on bad news, how many of you know that's not a great start to your day? But if you start your day getting into the good news, meditating on the promises of God, And feeding on his faithfulness, that's how we gain strength. And it says they stopped at the brook Bezor, which I think is a prophetic picture, that as we're on our journey and advancing the kingdom of God and in, in heading toward eternity, we need to know how to stop and just drink in the good news, feed on his faithfulness. And listen, I believe David did this when he's strengthening himself in the Lord. He's like, he's pacing in that field and he's saying, David, remember the times that God was faithful to you in the past. Remember when he got you out of that situation. Remember when he brought you through that. And listen, remember when David, you know, took out Goliath? He was just a kid. And he wasn't even old enough to be in the army of Israel, but his brothers were all in the army. And his dad's like, Jesse was like, hey, David, stop looking after the sheep for a few minutes. Go check on your brothers and bring them some lunch. So David shows up to the battlefield. He brings his brothers food and he overhears this giant Goliath coming out and defiling the, the name of God and the armies of Israel and and, and and cursing their God and saying if you'll send one of your men to fight me and he, and, he, and he kills me'll me, be your servants. If I kill him, I'll be'll be, be your servants And he's doing it I said he did it for 40 days, which is the number of testing. He's God is testing their faith. He's testing who they're going to believe, what report they're going to believe. David shows up not even old enough to be in the armies of Israel. And he goes, and he's, he's, he's like stirred with this righteous anger. He's like, why are you guys letting him say these things about our God? By the way, what's going to happen for the, for the guy who takes him out? Somebody said, well, I heard their entire family is going to be exempt from taxes and He gets to marry the king's daughter. And David's like, okay, (laughs) okay. He goes to Saul. And you know what the first thing he did was? He remembered God's faithfulness. He said, Saul, your servant, when I was looking after my father's sheep, when a lion or a bear would come to take one of the sheep, the anointing of God would come on me. And the power of God would come from on high. And I would take out that sheep or that bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. He was feeding on the testimony. God did it then. God's going to do it again. And sometimes when you're facing a situation, whatever it is, we need to say, we need to remember, okay, back then God did this. He's going to do it again. The God that was faithful before is going to be faithful now. God that brought me out of this situation is going to bring me out of this situation. And there's something about feeding on his faithfulness, encourages us, and strengthens ourself in God. That's why testimonies are so important. And I meant to share this just uh, two months ago. I was on vacation and with my family in uh in the seaside area like the panhandle of Florida can we just stop and worship Jesus for a minute lord thank you for beautiful beaches and emerald blue water we could go into an encounter right now in Jesus name pastor Dwayne and Tammy know what I'm talking about and we're on vacation and uh and you know we're staying at this Airbnb and it's 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 down the road from the beach so there's the shuttle service like a golf cart that that you know, goes all day because, you know, how many of you know that when you're the dad and you like take your family to the beach, like you're really the mule <laughs> that carries half of your belongings? You know, who needs to work out when you can go to the beach <laughs> with a family, you know? And uh, so we're going back and forth and we found out there's this golf cart. We're like, hallelujah. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're like utilizing this golf cart service. And then as we're, we're, as we're getting off this golf cart, I have this quick word of knowledge. Um, for the golf cart driver, her name's uh, her name was Keisha, and I said, Keisha, do you have pain in your knee? And she, her her eyes got big. She said, Yeah. I said, Is it your right knee? She said, Yeah. I said, Can we pray for you right now? And at this point, it was um it was my it was myself and my daughter Autumn. I think Charlie might have been with us. And, uh, Charlie's so funny. Like when I, when we stop to pray for people and I, I let them pray too, Autumn almost always does. Charlie, like, um, Charlie will sometimes, but if she doesn't want to, she just doesn't. And like one time I'm like, Autumn, thank you for praying. Charlie, thank you for praying. She goes, but I didn't pray. She's just so honest. She's like, I didn't pray. Um, but anyway, this time it was me and Autumn at least. And we, and I and I prayed for Keisha and I said, Autumn, do you want to pray? And Autumn's five and a half years old. She loves praying for people. And her hand always stretches out like this, and her eyes are open. And she just says really brief and powerful prayers. Jesus, thank you for making her feel better. Amen. And then she's off, you know. So I pray, Autumn prays. And, and then Lakeisha said, Can you pray for my son? Because he's going through. And she shared this story of what her son's going through. And uh, and I said, What's your son's name? And she said, "Gyra," <laughs> And I said, that's a great name. Have you ever heard of Jehovah Gyra?" <laughs> and then I sent her the song Gyra from Maverick City and this worship album and we prayed for her. And I said, Keisha, here's my email address. Let me know how you're doing. Within like two hours, I get an email from her saying, and actually I'm just gonna read this testimony. I get an email from her and she said this. She sent me a couple because it just kind of kept improving but this is what she said. Praise God. Good morning, Pastor Chuck. I just wanted to let you know, since you prayed for me, I've not been the same. I feel a fire burning in me. I can feel the Holy Ghost power. Something is definitely changing and happening in my life. I just can't tell you how much I thank you for being at Beachside Villas. What a blessing. My knee is completely healed. No swelling, no pain, just powerful healing. Thank you so much for praying for my family. I thank God for your daughter. Amazing how God can even use a child to pray for someone. Amazing people of God. Thank you so much. And please continue praying for me and my family. And I will keep you in prayer as well. Can we just thank Jesus for that? But listen, I share that because there's power in the testimony. And there's something about feeding on his faithfulness. And by the way, there's some people here this morning that even just as I release that testimony, I feel like the Lord's saying, I'm going to do it again. There's somebody here with lower back pain that God's taken that pain away completely in the name of Jesus. There's somebody else that has some type of uh, tendinitis in their right wrist. And I saw it hurts when you write. There's somebody here, it hurts when you write. God's healing your wrist in the name of Jesus, and there's somebody else that came in with a knee condition, it's the right knee, just like this testimony, God is healing your knee in the name of Jesus. I declare it, and I just say, receive it in the name of the Lord. But I say that because there's power in the testimony. In fact, if that's you, and uh, I have... I have. Um, One more point. But if that's you, just we interrupt this program. If that's any of those healings that I just said, stand where you are really quick. Lower back, wrist, or knee. Man, the presence of God is already resting on you. Wow, I can feel it. Right now, he's already coming upon you. He's already releasing healing. Those that are seated around, just stretch your hands toward them. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over pain, sickness, and disease, and I say, Get off of them now in the name of Jesus. I release this testimony and I say, Be healed in the name of the Lord. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done in their bodies now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over pain. I take authority over sickness. I say, get off of them now and be healed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, before you sit down, test it out. If it's your back, move your back. If it's your knee, bend your knee, move your wrist. If you stood for any of those things, I want you to move around and and just test it out and see what's going on. As you move around right now, how many of you wave at me if the pain just left your body? Just wave at me right here, right back here, right here, right over here, and right over here. Let's thank Jesus for that. Come on. Thank you, Father. Us of you, just keep thanking the Lord for your healing and believe that as, even as I continue to share and we worship, the Lord is going to continue to touch your body in Jesus' name. Let's thank the Lord for that one more time. Everybody say, feed on his faithfulness. Listen, if you don't have your own testimony, which we all do, we all have stories of where God was faithful, take somebody else's. Meditate on how God was faithful for somebody else. And rather than being envious or jealous, say, if God did it for them, he'll do it for me. And feed on his faithfulness and remember the testimony. The the last key that I want to share when it comes to strengthening ourselves in the Lord, is this. To be a people that continually encourage ourselves and strengthen ourselves in the Lord, we need to be a people who pray in our heavenly language. Now, if you're a guest or you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Um, I just want to break it down for you. The Bible says, and we'll look at a scripture in a minute, that one of the gifts of the Spirit that we can have is the gift of praying in tongues or praying in another language. It's one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the Bible says that the reason God gives us that gift is because sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit actually prays through us exactly what he knows we need to pray. And one of the reasons we do that is because it encourages and edifies and builds ourselves up. And it says this in First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 to 4. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. We talked about the prophetic. When you get a prophetic word, it encourages you. But sometimes those people aren't around, so you need to build yourself up. And the Bible says the way we do that is by praying in the spirit or praying in another tongue. And listen, if that's spooky to you, like, let let me like demystify this a little bit. It's something, it's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives us to build ourselves up. And let me just say this. I am tired of letting the counterfeit, like the New Age movement, and, and modern-day witchcraft, and Wicca, and all the paranormal, and the counterfeit supernatural. I'm tired of all of them having the quote-unquote power or counterfeit power. It's time for the church to arise in power. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit comes upon you and rises in you is by praying in the gift of a heavenly language or speaking in tongues. Listen, the counterfeit does it in a counterfeit illegal way. Let's rise up and do it in the legal way from straight from the throne of God and defeat the powers of darkness. And it says that when we pray in the spirit, it's a way that we build ourselves up. It's a way that we strengthen ourselves. Now, listen, if you don't have the gift of speaking in tongues or praying in heavenly language, there is no shame. There is no condemnation. But I want to encourage you. The Bible says, ask and you will receive. It says in Matthew 7. It says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Then it goes on. He's like, in case you're not convinced yet, let me just say it again. He who asks receives, he who seeks finds, to him who knocks, the door will be open. And then he says this, which of you fathers, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? And he goes, no, 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 no. And if you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Some people say, well, what if, you know, I open myself to receive a gift and I get something that's evil? No, 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 no. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Can I just say that we need to have more faith in God's ability to bless and protect us than we do in the devil's ability to deceive us? Because here's the deal. When we ask God in the name of Jesus for something from the Holy Spirit, you will not get a counterfeit. Listen, when the devil fell from heaven, he only took a third of, third of the angels with him. That means we still outnumber them two to one, and we have Jesus. Come on. This isn't that difficult. Ask, and you will receive. Knock, and the door will be open. Seek, and you will find. I remember I saw people in my church when I first got saved moving in this gift, but I didn't have it yet. And I was like, Lord, I want that gift. And people would pray over me. And for some people, it just comes like that and it just starts gushing out of them. For me, it was more of a faith journey. I got one syllable. <laughs> and it was buh. Guess what I did every day? Bah. Ba, ba, and I would just say it over and over. And I was like, this this is a heavenly language. I could feel my spirit coming. And then by faith, I would step out and I would start to speak more. And then it just started flowing. And now I just love praying in my heavenly language because it builds myself up. It strengthens myself. And I just want to say this. If you do not have the gift of praying in a heavenly language, ask God because you can bank on it. You have a good father who gives. To those who seek, and let me just say this as well: If you have the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues and speaking in heavenly language, and you don't do it regularly, I'd like to propose to you that you are only accessing a portion of the strength that's available to you. It's not something that we're 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 limited to doing in a church service, or we feel the Holy Spirit really strong, or when we feel goosebumps on our goosebumps. You can do it when you're in the shower. You can do it when you're driving in the car. In fact, I want to encourage you, do it while you're on your way to work. Pray in the spirit. Paul said, I pray with my mind, meaning in his own language, the way that he can understand, but I will also pray with my spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, it is spirit to spirit, communion with your heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And few things build yourself up and strengthen you like praying in your heavenly language, and it's a way to strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves in God. Romans 8:26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, the Spirit of God, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So I want to encourage you, if you have the gift of praying in a heavenly language, do it and do it a lot. Sometimes when I'm with a group of friends that are familiar with with all this stuff, if I'm on my way to a ministry trip or whatever, I'm like, hey guys, let's just pray in tongues for like the next three minutes and see what happens. I want to start praying in the spirit. It's like, let's not neglect the gift that's been given to us through the laying on of hands, but let's utilize it to strengthen ourselves, to encourage ourselves in the Lord because what a scared world needs is a fearless church. So just in closing, I want to share just a summary of what we said, and you can start playing the music. And just to sum it up, four ways to strengthen ourselves in God. Take captive every thought that doesn't produce hope. Speak truth over your situation out loud. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness and pray in your heavenly language. And I really believe that the Lord wants to equip us and empower us to be a people. That yes, get encouraged through fellowship, through words of encouragement from other people. There's a reason the Bible says, don't neglect gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another daily as long as it is is called today. Listen, this isn't a replacement for coming to church and getting equipped and hearing messages from the heart of God and getting together in small groups and getting encouragement for one another. We need all of that. I'm just saying what we also need are the tools and the keys and the determination and intentionality to regularly strengthen ourselves in God. Because there are few things more powerful than an encouraged church. So I'm gonna ask you to do this, let's stand together. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna practice speaking truth over ourselves. I'm gonna make a declaration, and as I make a declaration, I want you to make a declaration by faith over yourself, over your situation. Everybody declare this. I am learning how to strengthen myself in God. Come on loud like you believe it. I am the head and not the tail. I'm going from glory to glory, and from strength to strength. Declare this, my most significant days are ahead of me. The best is yet to come. My family is blessed. I'm getting healthier. I'm getting happier. I am filled with the joy of the Lord. I'm emotionally strong. My spirit is strong. My mind is strong. I am resisting the lies of the enemy. I am believing truth. I am filled with the Spirit of God. My finances are blessed. My relationships are blessed. Everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit goes. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. I speak life to dry bones. I am a blessing to those around me. My community is blessed. My church is blessed. My region is blessed. My nation is blessed. God is bringing breakthrough to our nation and to the nations of the world. The the, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' name, let's just shout to the Lord. And I just want to do this, if you say, no, you know what? I am going through my own personal zigzag right now. Your camp might not be burned with fire. Your women and children might not have been taken captive, but you're going through a zigzag, and you need the grace of God to help you strengthen yourself in God. If that's you, this is a safe place. If that's you, I just want you to come to the front and there's going to be some people ready to pray for you. You're going through a Ziklag and you, and you need to step into the grace of God to strengthen yourself in God. If that's you, I want you to come on up to the front. If, if we could have some of our prayer team come just to, to help pray for these ones. And I also want to pray for those who you say, you know what? I don't have the gift of praying in a heavenly language, but I want that gift. If that's you and you'd like someone to pray for you to receive that gift, I want you to come to the front as well. I want you to come to the front. And we're going to pray for all those who want prayer. If, listen, if you're, if you're visiting and you're a guest, you're free to be as dismissed. God bless you. But we're going to spend a little bit more time just praying for those that want prayer. We're going to do a couple more songs as as we do some altar ministry. But let's all do this. Let's put our hand on our own heart. Father, I thank you for this amazing community called New Life Fellowship. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to release the grace and the strength for them to encourage themselves and strengthen themselves in God, that we'd be a people known for our hope, our joy, and our strength in you as we find strength from the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to take some time to pray for all those who want prayer. If you need to be dismissed, you can be dismissed, but we're going to go into a few more songs. And uh, God bless you guys.